Sometimes we, as Americans, are so busy worrying about dumb things that we forget there are actually real issues in the world. Let's go through some of the news. Then let's talk about those some of those dumb things briefly. And then what we're actually missing. This is Gene. You're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. This is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, first off, let's before we get to the funny stuff, the dumb stuff, let's talk about uh, some news. Uh, Walter Mon- Mondale passed away at the age of 93. Most people won't remember much about him. He d- he was significant in the 80s and 70s, um, and it's not really that surprise. He really wasn't that relevant a politician in my time except when he ran for president in 84. Uh, so let's give a little information about him. He was born on January 25th, 1928, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. He served as a senator from Minnesota from 1964 to 1976. He, he served as vice president under Jimmy Carter from 76 to 80. He did run against President Ronald Reagan in 1984. Uh, what was significant about that definitely not the results of the election what was significant about that was that he chose uh, u.s representative from new york geraldine ferraro as his running mate uh geraldine ferraro who also died i think a couple of years ago uh was the first woman nominated to the vice presidency uh <laughs> something that probably killed him he was running on raising taxes to cut the deficit, and he supported the Equal Rights Amendment, which, if you believe, if you think feminism has gone far today, the Equal Rights Amendment is pretty much the same thing. It was not a very popular amendment. Um, He lost the election by one of the largest landslides in history. Uh, Reagan ended up with like 525 electoral votes to 30 or 20 or something like that. Uh, I, um, Mondale only won his home state of Minnesota and Washington, D.C. I remember that. I remember that election. That election was over probably at about 8 o'clock West Coast time. It was over really early. So rest in peace. I was going to play one of the most memorable, memorable videos of him. And I realized that it was during the debate with Ronald Reagan, and Ronald Reagan absolutely destroyed him. But it was funny, and Mondale laughed. And I think Mondale is the epitome of politics in the 70s and 80s, where they didn't take themselves too serious, and the world wasn't going to end, and things like that. So rest in peace. Um, I'll remember him. He really, not real, uh, when he was vice president, I mean, he really didn't do anything. And Jimmy Carter's presidency was such a frickin' disaster anyway. But, so that's the first part of news, and I gotta, I gotta rush it, because I got a lot of news today. So, the judge in Derek Cho- in the Derek Chauvin trial had some rather har- harsh words about uh, Maxine Waters during a request for a mistrial by the defense attorney. Um, He denied it. He denied the mistrial. 
But he did say this about Maxine Waters. I'm aware that Congresswoman Waters was talking specifically about this trial and about the unacceptability of uh, anything less than a murder conviction and talk about being confrontational, but you can submit the press articles about that. This goes back to what I've been saying from the beginning. I wish elected officials would stop talking about this case, especially in a manner that is disrespectful to the rule of law and to the judicial branch in our function. I think if they want to give their opinions, they should do so in a respectful and in a manner that is consistent with their oath to the Constitution to respect a co-equal branch of government. Their failure to do so, I think, is abhorrent, but I don't think it has prejudiced us with additional uh, material that would prejudice this jury. They have been told not to watch the news. I trust they are following those instructions and that there is not in any way uh, a prejudice to the defendant beyond the articles that we're talking specifically about the facts of this case. A congresswoman's opinion really doesn't matter a whole lot. Anyway, so motion for mistrial is denied. The judge is a guy named Peter Cahill. Uh, he also said that what what um, Waters said could actually overturn the verdict and cause a mistrial. And he believed that there might be some intimidation of the jury if they had actually heard what she said. He sequestered the jury right after she had made her comments. The jury said they did not hear her comments, and he rejected the uh, he rejected the uh, mistrial based on the fact that he believed the jury, and there is an assumption that he has to believe the jury. The reality is, <laughs> this this trial is fraught with with uh, appeals. I have a feeling it could be years if he is convicted of anything. It could be years before Derek Chauvin sees the inside of a jail cell. And that's just because this whole thing has been screwed up from day one. Chauvin should have never been accused of third-degree murder. Chauvin should have... The the jury should have been sequestered from day one. Um, the jury should... This trial should have taken... Uh, should have occurred outside of Minneapolis. They should have changed venue. I There's just a ton here that it really looks bad. Now, let's get back to the news stories. And a lot of these stupid news stories were going to fly through because of the time. And, and I got a bunch of them. And I have so many of them, I actually am going to put two or three for tomorrow. That's how many there are. So, first things first, today is 420. Okay, April 20th. That means 420 is pot day. Now, 420, they actually made the day, the entire day, about pot. So, you're going to see, you're not going to see it a lot, but a lot of the times on every other year, you got a bunch of people smoking weed in the freaking in the freaking parks and smoking weed everywhere and everyone's stoned from the entire day. Uh, they won't be doing that because of COVID. Like, yeah, okay, well, that'll avoid lung cancer, I guess. But, you know, whatever. Uh, 420 is actually something that was established in a high school in the Midwest. 
and 420 was not a date. It was actually a time. The school kids met at 4.20 p.m. after school every day to smoke some weed. So I'm not exactly sure where this 420 day came into play. But we're talking pot smokers. Do they really need a reason to smoke weed? So whatever. Happy 420. So um, Democrats really prove what happens when they get a little bit of extra money. Los Angeles is Los Angeles. The city in California is 5.1 billion, billion with a B, in debt. Now that's not the state of California, which is way almost a trillion dollars in debt. That's just Los Angeles. It has been calculated it would cost every taxpayer four thousand dollars a year to dig the city out of its debt. Now, Los Angeles and California will receive money from Joe Biden's COVID recovery bill, which is something that really turned Republicans off. Actually, it turned every one of the Republicans off from the House of Representatives and the Senate. Not one Republican voted for that bill because it was chock full of crap to get leftist cities and states out of debt. So... Is the mayor of Los Angeles, Eric Garcetti, going to use the money to balance his mismanaged budget? Of course not. He's going to spend it. It has been reported that Eric Garcetti is going to implement a universal basic income trial that will give $1,000 a month to 2,000 uh, families in Los Angeles that are at or below the federal poverty line. This is part of Garcetti's equity and justice budget, which he announced last year. The program is being called Big Leap. Get this. Uh, it stands for Basic Income Guaranteed LA Economic Assistance Pilot. And it's expected to cost about $24 million. When asked, Garcetti said, we have to end America's addiction to poverty for families who can't think past the next bill, the next shift, or the next health problem that they have. We can give them the space to not only dream a better life, but to actualize it. Okay. So he expects that poverty is going to end by giving out money. We already do that. We give unemployment. We give welfare. We give food stamps. And it ain't fixing anything. What this actually does is put more people in dependence of the government. This is a bad thing. People who receive this $1,000 are going to pay their bills, but they're not going to sit back and, and get jobs or try to improve themselves. They're going to pay their bills and they're going to depend more on the government. Now, the big thing with universal basic income, and I think I've said this before, is that it's failed all over the world. They have tried this crap over and over and over. Stockton, California, Stockton, a very poor area, tried it for about three months, and guess what happened? Stockton ran out of money. The big problem here for California is this is the redistribution. 
is killing. These redistribution programs are killing California. It's causing their tax base to say, F it, I'm going to move to Texas, a la Tesla. And California is actually losing their tax base, which means they're going to then have to tax people who are not upper income. They're going to have to tax people at, at middle income, right? Suddenly, someone earning $50,000 a year as a single person is going to end up being taxed like he's rich. That's the goal here, folks. That's the goal. And, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm way off here, but it just seems like maybe it'd be better to pay off your debt than it would be to go out there and start spending money. Second dumb story of, of the day is, and by the way, all this crap happened this week, is the changing of the language. President Joe Biden has banned ICE from using terms such as alien assimilation or illegal alien in official documents and statements. So the ICE acting director, Tay Johnson, which you know she's a Biden sympathizer, she said, "In I think it's a she, Tay is kind of, I, I don't know, maybe he's transsexual. I have no idea. It doesn't matter. Uh, quote, in response to the vision set by the administration, I love the vision thing. ICE will ensure the agency communications use the preferred terminology and inclusive language. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, the term illegal alien is a legal term. It's not, has nothing to do with race. You can be from England and an illegal alien. This changing of terms is to make illegal aliens seem more legal. This is one of the reasons why I won't change the term. And I live with Hispanics. And so I, you're an illegal alien, you're an illegal alien. doesn't matter whether you're from England, Somalia, or Mexico. Or wherever else. And it amazes me that the reason Biden is actually contacting ICE is to change their terminology on their reports. Don't you think it'd be more important if he actually went out there and started dealing with the border crisis that he caused? I'm sorry, we're looking at 200,000 illegal border crossings in April. That's not good. We looked at 170,000 uh, border crossings in March. I'm thinking to myself, I may be way off here, I'm thinking maybe it would be more important to deal with that. So there's our second stupid, uh, uh, second stupid story of the day. And the third stupid story of the day doesn't come from the United States. It comes from the globalist community at the World Health Organization. Greta Thunberg has come out of her basement and continued to chastise society for not doing what she wants us to do. I think this is great now because Greta Thunberg is now 18 years old and now I can make fun of her without being accused of being mean to a child. Now, mind you, I never gave a damn about that in the first place. 
How dare you? I know, I know, I know. Well, here she is at the World Health, Health, World Health Exor- uh, Organization presser discussing how the vaccine distribution is not equitable. Oh, wow. I swear, this is so dumb. Just with the climate crisis, those who are the most vulnerable need to be prioritized, and global problems require global solutions. It is completely unethical that high-income countries are now vaccinating young and healthy people if that happens at the expense of people in risk groups and on the front lines in low- and middle-income countries. And this is a moral test. We talk today about showing solidarity, and yet vaccine nationalism, it's what's running the vaccine distribution. Okay, a few things here. First off, what is she doing at a WHO presser? She just theoretically graduated high school. I say that theoretically because she's actually not very bright and she doesn't seem to ever be in school. She has no expertise in anything and she's autistic. She's got some sort of autistic disorder. As far as I'm concerned, this really damages the already rickety credibility of the WHO organization, of the World Health Organization. And who is she to listen to when it comes to prioritizing who gets a vaccine? How dare you? I will also point out that she never actually thinks any of this stuff up on her own. We already know that her father is running her Twitter account. If you watch the video, one can see she's actually reading from a prepared statement. In the past, when she's had to speak in front of the press with open questions... She couldn't seem to get a word out. As a matter of fact, she seemed confused. She should just have her parents talk to the World Health Organization. I will go so much as to say how they're treating, how her parents are treating her is nothing less than child abuse. How dare you? A couple more things that I think are kind of odd. The richer countries that she's talking about, actually first world countries, and I think she's specifically talking about the United States, Britain, countries like that, because she hates us. We came up with the vaccine. We paid for the production of the vaccine. If Ghana wants the vaccine, they can invent it, produce it, and distribute it. She also brings up this stance of globalism and anti-capitalism. <coughs> She doesn't bring up anti-capitalism per, per se, but she that's you can assume that because she's brought it up several times in the past. It's her thing. She does the same thing with environmentalism. She doesn't go to China about any of this. She, she doesn't talk about China actually spreading the disease. She doesn't talk about China being the main country that produces the most carbon in the world. She points to nationalist countries like the United States. She detests nationalism, which the left always associates with white nationalism or white supremacy. And they have nothing to do with nationalism. Again, the opposite of globalism is nationalism. If you accept that globalism is good, you'd have to accept that nationalism is good too. 
It's just a different way of looking at things. And I'm a proud nationalist. I am absolutely... You know what other country is a proud nationalist country? China. Japan. How dare you? And finally, she never provides any facts to anything. She just plays on nothing but pure emotion. I, do me a favor. Say how it's unequitable. Explain. Give me statistics. Give me facts. She never... She did this the entire time with environmentalism. I used to have kids sit back and say, well, Greta Thunberg, listen to her. She, she makes a lot of sense. No, she doesn't. She doesn't make any sense with environmentalism. She's just busy yelling at everybody. She's annoying. She's like a every other 16, 17-year-old kid, but she never gets called out for it. How dare you? So, Greta, get on your boat. Uh, go travel around the world. Make your money for your parents because that's what's happening. And shut the F up because no normal person, person really gives a damn what you've got to say. So, a quick FYI, and I love when I do these afternoon things because there's always something that comes up. Uh, the Chauvin verdict has been reached. Um, they are going to actually talk about it. They're going to read it shortly. They're not going to wait till tomorrow to do it. Again, it's early enough. It's about 3 o'clock over in Minnesota. So... Yeah, when I get the verdict, I'll actually turn up the volume and we can listen to it together. Now, let's get back to the actual podcast, which is good because I'm about 10 minutes short of the Dave rule. So remember I said a while back in another podcast that we as a country have become so self-centered and we fight about the stupidest things that we're really missing what's happening in the entire world out there. By the way, I have two other stupid stories. And that shows you just how dumb some of this stuff is going. But we're going to have to wait till tomorrow. They're too good to let go. But uh, I got a feeling, I'm not even sure I'm going to be able to get to them till Thursday. They're, they're not time sensitive. So I got a feeling I'll be covering riots tonight. So we'll see what happens. We, and I mean the United States, because of Joe Biden's weakness are beginning to embolden other countries. And we're pissing off other leaders in the world. Jen Psaki is being asked some questions about some of the things I'm going to talk about. And uh, her answer is typical. She'll circle back to it. But we're really, as a society, ignoring some real serious issues. We're looking at some serious conflicts that are probably going to be rear their ugly heads in the next year or so. And I don't know if the administration has the leadership to deal with this stuff. So let's take a look at the, some of those problems. Iran is purifying uranium to the highest purity level that they've ever reached. That's 60%. I think it might be a little late to rejoin the Iranian nuclear agreement. It might be one of the reasons why Iran is not actually um, is not actually willing to come to the table with the United States. They don't need to. They're already they have become a nuclear power. China is running fighter jets over Taiwan. 
the Taiwanese have asked for more weapons from the United States to try and counter the threat. China has always wanted to take back Taiwan. And they've already caused nothing but problems in Hong Kong. And no one's talking about that stuff anymore, but that is happening. China is becoming more aggressive. And there's no counter from the Biden administration. Russia's military is building up on the Ukrainian border. The troop and weapon counts on the border are as high as they were since their last evasion of Crimea in 2014. There's talk that we're pro- that Russia is probably going to invade, uh, going to invade the Ukraine again. North Korea has started their missile testing again, and they still refuse to communicate with the Biden administration. They have yet to talk to anybody in the Biden administration. The presidents of El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras are blaming the Biden administration for opening borders and causing mass migrations from their countries. Now, you might say to yourself, well, what's the big deal there? What's the, what's the actual foreign policy problem with that whole thing? The problem is these countries depend on young male workers, and they're losing them. They do not want people leaving their countries, especially males of working age because then their productivity goes down and then they suffer more economic issues. This was actually brought up by the president of El Salvador with Tucker Carlson. And finally, the president of Mexico is blaming Biden for the open border policy because the cartels are getting rich off of human trafficking. Millions a day they're making off human trafficking. This is making it hard for the Mexican government to actually deal with the cartels because they're becoming more powerful. We are so busy. This is just a few things. We are so busy worrying about race, police, equity, and whether a man can compete against a woman. We are missing the big picture. And as I say that, I'm waiting to find out the Derek, the Derek Chauvin verdict. Okay, here's my guess. He's probably getting convicted. This was a fast verdict. I think he's probably going to get convicted of um, manslaughter. I think the problem with the manslaughter, I think the problem with any conviction, this is going to be overturned in appeal. And I think they're going to bring this right up. And he's probably not going to serve any jail time until the appellate court goes through this. So give me a few minutes and let's see what happens. Well, you'll have to see what happens tomorrow. It's It could be a good hour before they actually do this. So we'll skip it. We'll talk about it tomorrow probably. Okay, you can... Um, uh, download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, YouTube, and Rumble. You can visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Take a look at what I've done. Uh, I hope you enjoyed today. This is Gene. You're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>